0: This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America.
1: Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yeheyas Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... Which began with our government's persistence in convincing the American authorities to take action. So we await trial
0: and sentencing.
1: That's John Billy Echo, Inspector General in Cameroon's External Relations Ministry, speaking about the U.S. indictment of suspected Cameroonian separatist activists. Details coming up. Also, South Africa's ruling African National Congress decides not to back any moves to impeach President Cyril Ramaphosa. And we will take a look at next week's U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. All these and more on Africa News tonight. But first, our top story. Cameroon's government is praising U.S. authorities for arresting three Cameroonian Americans accused of supporting separatist violence in the country's western regions. The three arrested a week ago and indicted by the U.S. Department of Justice allegedly raised funds to abduct persons and used weapons of mass destruction in a foreign country. Cameroon's government has for years been urging the U.S. and Europe to crack down on separatists operating outside the country as Moki Edwin Kinzika reports from Yaounde Cameroon Cameroon says it feels
2: relieved by the US Department of Justice decision to indict people suspected of supporting violence in Western Cameroon where government forces have been battling Separatist groups for five years John Billy Eko is Inspector General in Cameroon's External Relations Ministry he says the arrest of the three Cameroonian-born U.S. citizens indicates the U.S. has come to understand that some people who sponsor the separatist conflicts live in America. We remain cautious and vigilant because the indictment is perhaps only the third phase of a judicial process which began with our government's persistence in convincing the American authorities to take action. So we await trial and sentencing. There are many, many more unindicted co-conspirators and accomplices in the United States and elsewhere who were not cited in this indictment. Cameroonian lawyers in the U.S. say they have filed complaints against 200 Cameroonians and American citizens of Cameroon origin in the U.S. who are suspected accomplices to separatist violence. Armed groups seeking to separate two predominantly English-speaking regions from Cameroon and its French-speaking majority launched their military campaign in 2017. Echo says that since then, Cameroon has appealed to friendly nations to take actions against separatist supporters working within their national territories. On November 28, the U.S. Department of Justice announced the charges against Claude Chi, Lan Nesto Langmi, and Francis Tenyi, all Cameroonian-born U.S. citizens, in their 40s. The three arrested defendants are charged with conspiracy to provide material support to a conspiracy to kidnap persons and use weapons of mass destruction in Cameroon. The U.S. Department of Justice says in addition to more than $350,000 the defendants raised through voluntary donations the three men conspired with others to kidnap civilians in Cameroon and hold them for ransom. It says in some instances U.S. citizens were extorted for ransom payments to secure the release of their kidnapped relatives living in Cameroon and the ransom payments were subsequently transferred to the separatist fighters to fund their operations. Kapo Daniel is spokesperson of the Ambazonian Governing Council, one of the chief separatist groups. We have examined the case filed into court by the United States prosecutor. We had previously condemned kidnapping for ransom and the use of Ambazonian forces for personal benefit. This war remains the primary cause of the chaos and the emergence of criminal gangs and cartels that seek to use Ambazonia to legitimize their criminal activity. Before last week's indictment, Christopher John Lamora, U.S. ambassador to Cameroon, had condemned abductions for ransom. An attacks on education, he spoke to Cameroon State Broadcaster CRTV.
3: I have seen a lot of videos where people are calling for violence, where people are suggesting that killing students and preventing them from going to school is somehow a valid approach to resolving social concerns. It isn't
4: the people
3: in the diaspora be they in the united states or elsewhere who have been calling over the past several years for violence need to stop there's no question about that
0: if
2: convicted the defendants face a maximum penalty of up to 15 years in prison for the material support charges up to three years in prison for receiving money from a ransom demand charge and up to 20 years in prison for the money laundering conspiracy charge According to the U.S. Department of Justice, Moki, Edwin Kinzuka for VOA News, Yaoundé, Cameroon.
1: In Egypt, a prominent lawyer told the French press agency AFP and other journalists that thousands of lawyers staged a demonstration today in central Cairo. Tariq al Audi says they were protesting a new electronic invoicing system introduced by the finance ministry that would, in his words, burden them with exorbitant fees. Union Chief Magdi al-Saki says the cost of setting up the system could be more than what an average law firm makes in four months. The wire service says the new system would force all businesses to issue electronic invoices by December 15th. Pharmacists and doctors have also criticized the reform. A union representing the lawyer says they should not have to participate in the system because they are not service providers, but are instead tasked with aiding the judiciary in achieving justice. All protests are banned in Egypt unless authorized by the police. Nigerian police in northwest Katsina State say they have rescued four people abducted by gunmen from a mosque Saturday and are searching for at least 13 more still missing. Timothy Obiezu reports from Abuja, Nigeria.
0: Katsina State Police spokesman Gambo Isa on Monday said the worshippers still missing from the attack on the mosque are mostly adult men. He said gunmen on motorcycles attacked the mosque in Funtua, about six hours north of Abuja, Saturday night, as people were praying, shooting the imam and one other person. Speaking to Vioe by phone, Issa says the two survived and are being treated at a local hospital.
4: On that day, uh, worshippers were observing the last prayers of the night. Uh, police, uh, before the arrival of our police team, the hoodlums have already escaped uh with some other uh worshipers. but a combined effort of uh, police uh, vigilante successfully um, uh, went after the the terrorists and uh, about four of the victims were rescued right now we are uh, we are looking for about uh, 13 uh worshipers.
0: local media reported more than 40 people were missing the mosque attack is the latest in a wave of abduction for ransom violence in northern Nigeria that authorities have struggled to stop. The attacks have increased pressure on President Muhammadu Buhari's government to improve security ahead of February elections to choose his successor. Nigeria's national police deployed heavy security to the reopening on Monday of the Abuja Kaduna rail line. Train service was suspended after gunmen attacked the night of March 28, killing nine passengers and abducting 62 others. Negotiations saw the passengers slowly released in groups, with the latest captives freed in October. Timothy Obiezu for VOA News, Abuja, Nigeria.
1: The National Executive Committee of South Africa's ruling African National Congress (ANC) has decided that President Cyril Ramaphosa should remain president of the country and the party, despite a recent report that found that he probably violated the constitution. The ruling party's highest decision-making body resolved that since Ramaphosa has challenged the report in the constitutional court, the party rejects the report and its members will oppose it in parliament. To so. Malo has the story from Johannesburg.
3: The resolution of the ANC's National Executive Committee has cleared the way for Cyril Ramaphosa to seek a second term as the party's president in the elective Congress in 10 days. Paul Mashatile, the party treasurer general and acting secretary general, informed the media about the National Executive Committee's decision.
2: Once the report is taken on you. <coughs> And Parliament is going to debate it. As the ALC, ANC, we will vote against it. Uh, we will vote against the report so that was agreed. So we're not going to to note the report, but we will not uh, we will not support it.
3: Parliament will meet Tuesday to discuss the independent panels report on the Maposa. The panel last week reported that Ramaphosa might have violated the constitution and the law in his handling of a theft of more than half a million dollars from his game farm in 2020. Opposition members have made it clear they want Ramaphosa impeached for the scandal. While the N.C. has directed its members to vote against setting up an impeachment committee and any actual impeachment Several senior party members have called on Ramaphosa to step aside. That raises fears they might vote with the opposition. Outside the ANC's executive meeting, party members are divided on the decision. Philmona Monwapulane, an ANC member and deputy minister of communications, fully supports the decision. The report is basing its findings and recommendations on speculations, on innuendos, on hearsay evidence. This report has been discredited. When members of the ANC go and vote in parliament, they must vote and reject this report. But another party member, Kalnias, is strongly opposed to National Executive Committee's decision.
0: He has a serious prima facie case to answer. Ramaphosa now must answer that case. He must not drag the African National Congress and our country into the cesspit with him. Therefore, he should have had the political consciousness to resign from President of the African National Congress and also as President of the country.
3: The country now awaits Parliament to decide the way forward. If the opposition gets its way, a parliamentary committee will be formed to investigate and make recommendations on the issue. If it recommends impeachment... Then Parliament will sit and vote on the impeachment. However, if the ANC gets its way, its caucus will block the formation of the Impeachment Committee, an action which could trigger a series of court cases. To Sokumalo for VOA News, Johannesburg. <laughs>
1: You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. I'm Yahia Wuhib in Washington. West African leaders have agreed to a regional force to fight Islamist rebels and intervene in the event of a coup. The President of Economic Community of West African States, Omar Ali Toure, told journalists Sunday that the decision to enhance the fight against terrorism and restore constitutional order would restore security architecture in the region. The French press agency AFP says defense chiefs will discuss more on a planned force, including its funding, in late January. Mali, Guinea and Burkina Faso have experienced military coups over the past two years. They, as well as neighboring Niger and countries south of the Gulf of Guinea, have also been fighting Islamic rebels. Next week, dozens of leaders from African nations will be in Washington for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. A few days ago, my colleague Vincent McCory sat down with Dana Banks, special assistant to the president and chair of the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. They discussed the goals of the summit and the major issues facing the United States' relationships with African governments. In this excerpt from their conversation, Banks starts by talking about the format of the summit.
5: The summit will be held over the course of three days uh, in upcoming weeks, uh, from December uh, 13th through the 15th. Um, it's President Biden's chance to uh, to welcome and engage broadly with the continent uh, and discuss issues of shared. Um, priorities, as well as re- lifting up opportunities that are um, that are bound in our partnership with the continent. So, uh, over the course of those three days, there will be various sessions, official sessions, and fora. Uh, and the third day will be the actual leaders' day, uh, where. The, the heads of state and heads of delegation will have a chance to exchange with the president, with the vice president, with members of the cabinet on some of these key issues yeah. uh, including uh, food security as well as strengthening our uh, cooperation in the multilateral arena uh, and really that day will start off with uh, the most important uh, sort of uh, uh, I think uh, framing about our relationship is how the continent has put forward their aspirations and their goals under the Agenda 2063 document, the Africa we want, uh, and how we as the United States uh, can help meet our partners to achieve Mm -hmm. those goals Mm -hmm. while working on both regional and global uh, challenges and lifting up opportunities.
4: Mm -hmm. Now, Africa is a huge continent. How did you go about choosing which leaders to invite Mm -hmm. and who will be there up to this point? Who can we confirm?
5: Well, I'm pleased to report that as of today, um, we have a confirmation from all 50 of the invitations that President Biden uh, extended. That's 49 uh, countries and the chairman of the African Union, Musafaki. Uh, so in developing the rubric for the invitations, which really follows in line uh, to a great extent from uh, what we've done in what was done in 2014, uh, but we really, you know, took the lead of, of our African partners in the African Union, and we've invited uh, countries or invitations were extended to countries uh, who were in good standing. With the African Union, so currently, you know, there are four countries who have been suspended by the AU. They were not extended invitations, uh, and uh, two countries, one of which uh, we do not recognize as the United States, and then one with whom we do not share full uh, diplomatic relations. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that really falls in line with what we've done in 2014.
4: Yes. And that leads to actually the question when it comes to you know, some of those who have not been invited, mm-hmm. but still many Africans will be looking at those coming to the United States and saying, well, uh, some of these countries mm-hmm. have a record, a very poor record of human rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you ensured that that doesn't become an, kind of a, a dark side to these invitations?
5: Look, I think we you know, need to just acknowledge that Um, As partners, we're not always going to agree on things. We're not always going to uh, uh, support uh, some of the actions that our our partners take. But it is important in these relationships to discuss them, to meet, to talk about them face to face. And that's what this summit is the opportunity to do, um, to talk about those challenges while also acknowledging that, Africa as a continent, our African partners from around the continent um, are integral to uh, addressing some of these defining challenges of our era, whether it's on climate change, health security, uh, food security, infrastructure. uh, All of these um, really uh, global challenges are inherent and need the partnership of our our African partners on the continent, so Mm. that, that is the goal of uh, of the summit to be able to talk about things that we don't necessarily agree on, but also how we can cooperate in areas that we do. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that was Dana Banks, the U.S. Chair for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. She was speaking with Africa 54 Managing Editor Vincent McCrory. Next year, Zimbabwe hosts the biggest annual conference in Africa on AIDS and STIs organized by the Society for AIDS in Africa. The event rotates to different countries each year and last was in Zimbabwe in 2015. From Harare, reporter Kuzaiza Nawashi has the details.
4: Zimbabwe President Emerson Nangagwa welcomed the return of the conference on AIDS and Sexually Transmitted Infections. It is my
2: singular honor and privilege to be addressing you at this signing ceremony of the International Conference on AIDS and STIs in Africa, ICASA 2023, Memorandum of Understanding. Zimbabwe is indeed honored to host the 2023 International Conference on AIDS and STIs in Africa. This opportunity dovetails with the Second Republic's engagement and re-engagement policy. It equally echoes our commitment to realize Sustainable Development Goal 3 for health lives and the promotion of the well-being
4: of all ages towards universal health coverage. The President made the comment at a signing ceremony for the event in October. The Society for AIDS in Africa organizes the International Conference on AIDS and STIs in Africa. Michael Gwasira is the editor and founder of Health Times, an online publication covering health issues in Zimbabwe. On the health side, it also gives us an advantage as Zimbabwe to interact with other countries and also, you know,
3: just get to learn how other set other countries are progressing in as far as HIV and AIDS and STIs is concerned here in Africa, and also the fact that this is going to be an African event. A number of African countries failed to attend the international AIDS conference in Canada due to visa issues. This is an opportunity for us as Africans to converge as Africans because we share the same problems with
4: in, in as far as HIV and AIDS is concerned, and there won't be any visa hiccups. God Knows Homwe is a marketing consultant specializing in tourism. He says the industry is likely to benefit from massive bookings for the event, including companies that handle what he referred to as MICE it's a huge plus for the tourism sector uh, hosting such a magnitude of an event, it's a boost especially for the mice uh, which is meetings incentive conferences and events which is one of the tourism packages babu is offering in terms of uh, growing the sector looking back at hosting the previous ikasa which also impacted especially on the hospitality industries hotels lodges and uh, airbnb's which were f- full to capacity It's also an impact to the aviation sector and to the airports as well, to the travel industry. In the 2015 conference in Zimbabwe, the conference brought a number of participants, which was a welcome boost for the economy. In 2023, over 10,000 people are expected to attend. Zimbabwe faces soaring inflation and shortages of food, fuel and medicines. Despite the challenges, over the years, it has done better than most countries in its fight against HIV and AIDS. Recently, it surpassed the United Nations AIDS ninety-five 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 goal to have 95% of all people living with HIV to know their status, 95% of patients receiving antiretroviral drugs, or ARVs, and 95% of those patients to have viral suppression. Zimbabwe also approved... The use of an injectable long-acting pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP medication to protect against HIV, making it one of the few countries that have approved the use of this drug globally. For VOA, this is Kudzai Navashe from Harare.
1: Next, World Cup analysis contributed by our sports analyst, Mokmilya Over the weekend, on Saturday, the Netherlands defeated the United States 3-1 and Argentina beat Australia 2-1. Both winning teams will play each other on Friday, December 9th. On Sunday, France defeated Poland 3-1 and England beat Senegal 3-0. Both very strong performances by the winning teams and they will play each other on Saturday, December 10th. In our games for today, Japan and Croatia ended in a penalty shootout after both teams could not score the winning goal in extra time after being tied 1-1. Croatia wins 3-1 in penalties after Japan missed three penalties. And Brazil plays South Korea later on today for either team to make it to the knockout phase. As for the games coming up tomorrow, it will be Morocco versus Spain and Portugal versus Switzerland. Both games will prove to be exciting as all teams have been playing well in the group stages and we do not know what to expect. The winners of both those games will also face off against each other in the next round. And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Iheas Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest development on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Baro and our engineer, Cornelius Tanner, thanks for choosing the Voice of America.